So we are in this series called Made for More, and today is part five. It's a seven-part series. Uh, next week, we'll do part six. July 2nd, we have Steve and Elba Dolan. They are missionaries from Brazil. She is actually the, the national director for the northern area of Brazil, the Amazon region. They will be here July 2nd, and then July 9th, we'll end this series here. And just so you know, we will pick back up the series of Revelation in September. I know my man Ted Parker here, he's waiting for that. So, and some others, I know you guys, but we're going to take our time for that and however long it takes, it takes. But I think it's very important that we gain an understanding of that as well. So, so um, made for more. Here's the deal. This is why I think it's important because we are all made for more than what we are currently doing. There's always something else. There's always something more we can do for the gospel, right? We never just plateau. We'll have some, 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 some times in life where, where we can take a break and, and rest a little bit, but there's always something we can be doing. And last week, we talked about a topic called soul care. And soul care is simply this. We are a three-part being, right? Mind, body, and spirit. And our mind is our soul. Our mind is our intellect. And our spirit, our hearts, is our spirit. Our spirit is the deepest part of who we are. It's, it's, it's the most inner being of who we are. It's where God's Holy Spirit resides. It's how God speaks to us, to our spirits. And then our bodies, right? Mind, body, and spirit. And if one or two or all three of these are out of sync, if our, if our, if our spirit and our soul is out of sync, our bodies are going to be out of sync. Unhealthiness will begin happening. Things that we... That we like, like one of the examples I said was that, that if I'm out of sync, then, then I will be, be teaching and preaching from an unhealthy area. And so we need to be in sync, mind, body, and spirit. And, and we used Psalm 23 as a reference point for how we too are lean, how we are to lean on our shepherd, Jesus, and making sure that we are in a good place spiritually. And that we have the spiritual and the mental and even the physical nourishment that we need in life. We get that from Jesus. And so today we're going to kind of piggyback on last week's topic because this is a little bit kind of like an extension of that. Because if we're not taking care of ourselves, right, then we will never have the mindset to never give up. That's the topic of today's sermon. Never give up. If we're not good spiritually, if we're not good mentally, if we're not good physically, we will have a hard time to have that never give up mindset. Everybody here has heard the phrase, no pain, no gain, right? It's especially if you work out, no pain, no gain. You don't succeed in life without a little pain. You don't succeed in life without failures, right? Success is not met without heartache. Success comes with a price. Success is met with a never give up mindset. Success is met with the drive to meet the goal, right? We'll never get to where we want to be in life if we don't have a never give up mindset. We just, we just won't. And, and here's the thing. There will be seasons in life that challenge us, 
And it is in these challenges that we can apply a biblical principle that is called sowing and reaping or scattering and gathering. The, the Bible uses analogies from a farmer's viewpoint all the time. So scattering seed and gathering a harvest. And it is in these challenges that we might feel like giving up. Like when life throws us a curveball or, or maybe we're trying to succeed in, in business or, or just in life in general and, and we just can't seem to get over a hump. Oftentimes, we might ask ourselves, why am I even doing this? What is the point? I can never seem to get where I want to be. And that, that mindset right there is what keeps you where you're at. And, and oftentimes, what, you need, what, what is good to do is take a step back and say, okay, God, is there a different direction? Is there something else you want me to look at so I can follow your lead? But it is, it is, this is the part where we're like, where the challenges come, where there is tension, all right? We have, this, we have this, this tension as followers of Jesus when we want him to move on our behalf, but we don't see or sense his presence, right? Like, like where are you, God? And, and, and it's, 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 it's frustrating, and it's, I call it a tension. And here's the other thing. We will never succeed in life if we just sit back and beg God for an answer. It's just not how it works. And so we're going to start out today by reading a passage from the book of Galatians. And, and in this passage is a verse that I consider a life verse. I use this verse all the time when I am dealing with that, that tension of, of never giving up. Because sometimes, isn't it true, like we just get tired of always trying to, to do good when nothing seems to ever come back to us. So, and, and this is what I call the tensions in the seasons of life. So we're going to read in Galatians chapter 6, and uh, we'll start in verse 7. So here we go. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let, this is my verse, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. You will reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Especially to your church family, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So prior to this passage, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in Galatia. And prior to this passage, in chapter 5, he's talking about the freedom that we have in Jesus. And in that freedom in Jesus, there is grace, right? And grace is, grace is an odd thing that many of us might not be used to. Grace is undeserved favor. I don't deserve this, but Jesus is pouring this into my life. And that's grace. And what Paul is saying there, then he comes into this passage we're reading here, and he's basically saying, listen, 
Don't play around with what I'm telling you. Don't take this grace for granted because God's justice cannot be mocked. God's grace and God's favor cannot be mocked. You cannot take this for granted. That's what he's saying here. That's my my paraphrase. See, grace is the motivation to live the life that Jesus calls us to. It is when we receive that grace from Jesus that we're like, this is, this is good. I can handle this because I didn't deserve what just happened to me, but it appears that Jesus is moving in my favor. It is not the opportunity to live however we please. That's the difference. Because the result will always be the harvest of what we plant. So how are we living? When you talk about financial giving, we often use this biblical principle of of, uh, sowing and reaping, uh, uh, scattering and gathering, forgiving financially. See, those who give little will get little in return. Those who are generous with their giving, guess what God does? He generously gives back. There's a proverb that I love that says, those who give to the poor lend to the Lord and he will repay you. When we give, especially to the poor, we're actually lending money to God and he will take care of you for that. But that's giving. What about our everyday living in life? I mean, Here's the deal. This is a biblical principle. Those who plant seeds of of peace and joy and, and, and kindness will be met with peace and joy and kindness. But those who plant seeds of discord and disunity and bitterness will be met with discord and disunity and bitterness. Now, There's another word that the world uses for that, right? It's called karma. Right? Well, we don't believe in that here. There's also all kinds of stuff that comes with that from Eastern philosophies. It's just just something that somebody took from the word of God and said, well, let's, let's do this because, you know, I've got a better idea for this. This is a biblical principle. If you go around and, you're, and, you're, and, and, and you speak words of peace and you speak words of joy and you're happy and, and you're, you know, you're just a fun person to be around, guess what God's going to bless you with? But if you're the type of person that you know, walks into work and just, you know, you're, just, you're just not fun to be around, right? Like, we all know that person. And, and if you don't know who that person is, I'm just kidding. But right, like what do you think they're going to reap in return? Grumpiness and all of that stuff. Because it's just, just we attract what we, you know, we, we, what we pour out, we get back. And that's what Paul's trying to say here. He's trying to help us understand that what we pour out, we get back. And so if we live to satisfy our own sinful nature, guess what we get back? Spiritual death and decay. That's what comes back to us. Because we have, as as believers in Jesus, when we have God's Holy Spirit living within us, 
but we're acting like we used to act before we came to Jesus, we're dying inside. Our, our, our spirits are decaying inside. But if we, we live to satisfy God's Holy Spirit, then we will be nourished spiritually. We will have spiritual life within us. You have one of those days where you're just like, I don't know what's going on today, but I am just happy. And maybe Jesus is just like, you know what, today is your day. You have, you, have, you have been a blessing to people around you, and now I want to bless you. And here's the deal. There's tension in this. As followers of Jesus, there's tension in this because our sinful nature, the Bible sometimes refers to it as the flesh, our sinful nature is constantly battling against the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And so, like, I want to do some of these things I used to do, but I can't because the Bible says I can't do that. And so we're, we're constantly f- fighting that. Uncle Chuck says it best. You've seen these cartoons. Uncle Chuck says every morning I wake up, I got an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, and it's up to me as to who I'm going to listen to. Amen. It's true. And so we have these decisions to make in life. And there's tension in that, right? Because sometimes we really gotta, we got we to put some grit in our day to not follow that sinful nature. Never get tired of doing what is good. Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up, never give up, never give up on doing good. That's not easy. But it is at this, and here's the deal, at this very moment right now, we are all in three different seasons of life. All of us are. Some of us are in a season of blessing. And we know this. We're like, you know what? God has just been good to me. Like this week, this past two weeks, things are just working out. I've been talking to God and praying about things, and it's happening. And some of us are like, when is, when is my just at the right time going to come? Because I'm at my wit's end. And I've got things I'm facing right now that, that scare me. And I'm apprehensive and I'm anxious and I'm, I'm depressed and I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. That's a trial. That's testing. That's a hardship. That's a season in life. And some of us right now are like, well, I'm not really, don't think I'm, I'm bringing in any blessings, but I definitely aren't facing any hardships, you're in the in-between. I call that a season of rest. You're resting in between. And just prepare yourself, because one or the other is going to happen pretty soon, right? Blessing or, or hardships. But here's the, here's the thing, church. Trials and hardships are only for a season. A season. The reason they're called seasons is because they're not permanent. I often use the word chapter. It's a chapter in life. It's it's, it's a chapter in your book that is being written in heaven. Some of the chapters in our our life story are, are, we don't even want to go back there anymore. And then others were like, man, if if I could just help somebody with the way God helped me in that chapter of my life. God would be able to show up for them like he did for me. And when the season is over 
and we've leaned on Jesus to see us through. This is the chapter that we can rest with the hope and the encouragement and the blessings that he provides for us. And they come at just the right time. So the Apostle Paul was writing this to the church in Galatia, and he was explaining to them this. I mean, he says it here in this passage. And then in, to the church in Corinth, where he writes a letter to them, he also explains a little bit about hardships and trials. We're going to look at that in just a second. But both of these passages we're looking at are for our benefit as well. See, the struggles of living a life for Jesus moving forward in life, realizing that we are made for more than what we are currently doing for the kingdom brings opposition. We, we have an enemy out there that does not want us sharing kingdom of God things with people around us. And this is what Paul was trying to tell the Corinthians when he said in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's kind of a kind of a famous passage, but years ago there was a song with this. Um, before we get to what, what the passage we're going to read, Paul is telling the Corinthians, listen, we've been hunted down by people, but not abandoned by God. We've been crushed with issues, but not perplexed. We've been, we've been hit, we've been knocked down, but we get back up. You know, all these things happen to us because we're preaching the good news of Jesus. And then he goes on to say this in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 14. Either way, here's the deal, either way, no matter what comes up against us, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe, wait, that's the wrong one. Wait, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. We could just keep reading. All right, here we go. Even though I get knocked down and I get hit and all these things happen to me, here's what Paul says. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. You know what that tells me? I might run into Paul someday. I might see him in heaven. I, I, I think he's, he's, remember we did that uh, Revelation chapter 4, the throne room of God, and there's 24 elders that sit around the throne, and 12 of them represent the 12 tribes of Israel, and 12 of them represent the 12 apostles. I think Paul's up there. But, th but we might run into them. All of this, he's saying, everything I'm telling you is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever so we don't look at the troubles we can see now rather we fix our gaze on things that we cannot see for the things we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever the more we keep our eyes on jesus the more we keep our eyes on the leading of god's holy spirit the more we keep our eyes on the leading of the kingdom See, these are the things that we cannot see. 
This is where our faith comes in at. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just see Jesus in front of us? If we could just see the Holy Spirit like telling us what to do? If we could just see the kingdom moving in front of us? But we cannot see these things. But we know they're there. We know they're there because we have experienced them. And the more we focus on the things that we cannot see, the bigger Jesus is and the smaller our problems become in the grand scheme of things. Like, God will always provide comfort in our trials. And even though it seems that comfort might be the bare minimum because I am really going through a trial, he's there. And it is passages like these that we can rest in his promises of those comforts when we are afflicted. That's why we have to read our Bibles, church. That's why we have to, we have to know this stuff. We, when we come across this stuff, we've got to highlight it. We've got to mark it. We've got to remember it. Because when the trials come, and we don't know what to do, we don't know what to do. And Peter said it best in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says this, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. This. As the scriptures say, and he's quoting Isaiah now, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. See, everything around us including our bodies, are fading. Like, I'm finding myself more often handing things to my son to open up for me. <laughs> Yesterday I was asked to help lift something, and I said, no, you're going to have to get my son to help you. And I'm okay with that. Everything is fading and decaying in this world because it's just the way it is. It's, a, it's corrupt. There's sin in this world. Our bodies were not meant to get old and, and, and sore and hurt. And the order we get, the closer the window of those doctor's appointments become. Just for checkups, right? Because you just want to make sure everything's doing good. But our spirits can be renewed every day by the living word of God. Even though we might feel achy and, you know, things are breaking down around us, appliances and stuff is happening that we don't like, it is this that renews our spirits. It is this that no matter what is going on around me, I can be renewed daily spiritually. See, here's the other thing. God's word is the one constant that we have on this earth. Everything around us is going to fail us. People will let us down. Things will let us down. Things will break down. The one person we thought we could count on one day, we won't be able to count on. And I don't know about you, but I only give them two chances. <laughs> when it's a serious letdown, right? Like, gosh, I thought you were going to be there for me. Because it hurts, right? People let us down. It hurts. And then we get jaded. But the Word of God is the one constant that we have in our lives that will renew us and help us deal with all those letdowns. And it will never 
fade away. This is why last week we talked about the topic of soul care. Making sure that we are in a good place spiritually so that when things happen, we'll be ready for them. Because every season that we walk through, there's something that our Father in heaven is doing both in us and through us. There's always a lesson to be learned in the blessing and in the hardship. It is in these seasons that the Father will try to cultivate something to refine our character in a way that is more of a reflection of His. And He will leverage every season with us in order to refine us so that more of Him comes out of us. And then so some questions we can ask as we're, as we're kind of kind of thinking about this is, is this. Like, like do, we, do we see and do we sense God's presence in these seasons? Like, where are we at? Do I, even, do I even sense God? Where is God in this? And when I don't sense him, I, I just straight up ask him, God, where are you at? How come I can't, where are you at right now? And if I don't sense him or see him or hear him in my spirit, then I just go to, go to his word because I will find him in there. It's the number one way that God speaks to us. Or this, what kind of seeds are we planting? Sometimes, sometimes we go through seasons of life planting different seeds. Like maybe, maybe we're in a rut and we're planting the seeds of just bitterness and we're just not happy. What are you planting? Because what you're planting, you're harvesting. Are we living to satisfy our sinful nature or are we living to satisfy the spirit of God that lives within us? It's okay to ask these questions because maybe we're just not sure where we're at. And so if we ask God these questions, he'll point them out to us. And maybe some correction takes place or maybe some refining takes place. Because we will always harvest what we plant. So are we harvesting gifts or grief with the seeds that we're planting? Are we harvesting blessings or regret with the seeds that we're planting because our response to every season matters. And that's why we're going to look at one more passage from the book of James. James says this in chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. Oh, I love that passage. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, past few years I've been teaching and reading from the New Living Translation, and I really like it. Because you know what the New King James says? Dear brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What the heck, man? Like, seriously. Like, and, and so, you know, I just make myself feel better by saying, well, the joy comes after the trial. And you can look back and say, there's where Jesus was. Now I'm happy. But this is talking in the midst of the trial. How do we find joy in the midst of a trial? Well, listen, I, I, I kind of have... I, for me, I had a personal revelation with this passage and, and the New Living Translation, Right? Here's the deal. When, 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 when troubles of any kind 
come your way, the Bible is saying, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity. See, troubles of any kind, that's a broad statement, right? To me, that means the slightest of irritations to the most earth-shattering of things that we deal with. That's a trouble of every kind. Troubles of any kind. Like a flat tire is, is trouble. Like your car is acting up. That's trouble. Appliance break. That's, that might be a big deal to you. Maybe not to somebody else. Or earth-shattering news, right? But look at the next sentence. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. See, God can take every little trouble away from us like that. But you know what we would become if he, if he did? Lazy Christians. We would just sit in our recliners and cry to God and wait for him to take it away from us. And how many, how many, how many of you have worked your way right into a blessing by laying around begging and crying to God? It doesn't work, does it? It just leads to more begging. Like, when I start my prayers out, like, oh, God, please, I really need some help here, you know? And then later on in the day, I find myself doing it again. Like, you got to stop this, dude. Look where God is at. There is an opportunity here somewhere. And if we have that kind of a mindset, guess who God wants to work with more? The whiner or the solution, the problem solver? I mean, he'll work with us if we're whining, but... Is our faith going to grow and get stronger if we just beg and plead and wish and wish and wish and we never see anything? Or is our faith going to grow and is our endurance going to grow and is our perseverance going to grow when we say, all right, God, I don't know what just happened here, but I, I need, there's something here. I need you to help me. Can you help me see where you're at so I can follow your lead and let's get out of this together. I need some help. I think he's more apt to follow that kind of an attitude. Because then, when it happens again, guess what? We're not going to do. We're not going to beg, and we're not going to cry. We're going to say, all right, God, I've been through something like this before. I need your help. Where are you at? And we move with him in that. That's what that means. That's what that verse means. And when you're in a trouble, whether it's the slightest or the most earth-shattering of things, and you see God as you're moving through it, what do you think happens to your spirit? It is renewed and there is joy in that. Man, I've had the worst trials in my life, but yet I've had the most joyful experiences as well. Explain that to me. Because God's Holy Spirit is working with me and it's telling me, I think I'm doing this the way I'm supposed to. And I don't want to think too much of myself because you want to do that too, right? You want to keep everything in check. But when you're in a trial and you're asking God to help you and you're looking for him and you're moving through it and things are happening and you feel good about it, even though normally you shouldn't, man, that is God's Holy Spirit blessing you through that hardship. That's what that's all about. Here's the deal. How are we going to deal with these trials and hardships when they rock our world? Are we going to freak out? Are we going to panic and not know what to do? Or are we going to meet them with a calmness, knowing that this did not surprise Jesus? 
right? That, that's a, that's a, a saying in our house when something happens. Well, this didn't, this didn't surprise God, so you know what? It, it shook us. We didn't see it coming, but listen, it didn't surprise him. And it helps us kind of navigate through that. It, 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 it gives you a better mindset to allow your shepherd, Jesus, to lead you through the darkest of valleys. And it is in this moment that we begin to see God working in us and through us. And it is very possible in that season that we can miss what it is that God's Holy Spirit is trying to do. And how he's trying to cultivate something in our character. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 5. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That was 2,000 years ago. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what it is that the Lord wants you to do. In Colossians chapter 4, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most out of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Does everybody catch the theme here? Make the most of every opportunity. You might not want to be going through what it is that you're dealing with, but there is an opportunity that we can learn, maybe in us and allowing God to move through us. And there will always be seasons of blessings, and there will always be seasons of hardships, and there will always be seasons of rest. But it is in these seasons that we experience these kingdom of God opportunities. Here it is. Internal work that God wants to do in us Right? This is, this is where we really need that never give up attitude because maybe there's some correction that needs to take place in us. Don't give up. Don't give up when you feel some conviction on how you're living. Don't give up. Work through that with God. Because the endurance of our faith helps us learn what it is that God is doing in us. Or there is external work that God wants to do through us in this season. See, there are people all around us that the kingdom of God wants to break into their lives. God wants to enter their lives. And so the question is, will we be the willing vessel to usher in the kingdom? Will we be the one allowing God to move through us to those around us? And so, again, what season are you in right now? What is it that God is trying to cultivate in you, both in you and through you, right now at this very moment. Because there is a kingdom of God opportunity when we follow his lead. And every season matters when we don't give up. Galatians chapter 6, again, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have 
the opportunity. We should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. I'll close with this. Here's what we'll close with. A couple more minutes. None of what we're talking about today, none of it can happen in our own strengths. It takes faith in Jesus to, to gain that drive to never give up. We can never give up and succeed in the world business-wise and even family-wise and relationship-wise, but it's that internal work sometimes that we really need to kind of look at. Remember, or not remember, but the Bible is a mirror, and it exposes us for who we really are, and it shows us what's in us that God wants to kind of refine. And so there, there, it, it takes courage. We need courage to, to, to allow God's word to show us who we are. And you know what? Don't we all want to harvest a blessing? Don't we all want to be blessed? Well, you know that comes with a cost. A harvest of blessing comes with a cost. That's why the Bible says never get tired of doing what is good. Always do good to everyone because not everyone is going to be good to us. And there will be things that happen that aren't so fun to deal with because people are just people, right? People are, people, you know what, here's the thing. People are going through things. People around us are going through things that we don't even know what's causing them to be the way they are. But if we continue to do good to them, plant seeds of peace and joy and hope and words of encouragement, you know what? Pretty soon, that's going to come out of them too. But it takes perseverance. It takes endurance. And our faith will be tested. Isn't our faith always tested around other people. <laughs> but at just the right time, we will harvest a blessing. And it is in that season of blessing is when we rest in the joy and the goodness of God. Listen, last verse, James 1. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Not only will we experience a season of blessing here in this life, but when we push through all the trials, when we, when we overcome all the, the temptations and the, the things that we know we ought not be doing, and we push through that, and we overcome that, and we gain victory over that, there is an eternal crown waiting for us in heaven. It's called the crown of life. It's eternal life that we will get for those who never give up. And sometimes we have some very difficult seasons in life that we go through, and it's really hard to stay focused. It's hard to see the leading of God's Holy Spirit in those seasons. But it is in those times that God shows up in the biggest of ways, and we don't want to miss what he has planned for us. Amen? Let's pray. I thank you, Jesus, for how challenging your word is. And I thank you, Jesus, for, for those in this room that, that are saying to themselves right now that, you know what? You're feeling challenged. If you're feeling challenged, I, 
I pray that you accept that challenge. I pray that you allow God to do something in you right now. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what? I think God wants to do something through me, and I've been a little resistant to that. 